Welcome to Cornell University's Pro Dairy Podcast. In this series, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 and how dairy farmers and the industry in general have adapted to it. I'm Kathy Barrett, and I'm with Cornell's Pro Dairy Program. And I'm Rob Lynch, also part of Cornell's Pro Dairy Program. Now we're going to spend a few minutes talking to Megan Hauser, co-owner of Table Rock Dairy, to hear about some of, um, I guess, the challenges on the dairy managing during this pandemic. Uh, Thanks for joining me, Megan. Maybe first, just uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself in case they don't know you. Sure. Yep. We have a dairy in western New York. It's a century farm. We've been operating since 1915 when my great-grandparents decided to change their career path and become dairy farmers. We're fortunate to be in the great Western New York dairy area, so we're surrounded by super neighbors and some really productive soil and some great agribusinesses that do so well to support us out here. So it's a really fortunate place to be situated as a dairy. We're milking about 1,200 cows three times a day, raising about 65% of the feed that we feed to them and raising all the young stock associated with that. We have a great team of 35 people full and part-time that are helping us do that. And I think that's one of my key roles is finding the people that work with us and uh, coaching and challenging them to do their very best because we sure couldn't run a dairy farm like this if we didn't have super people working alongside us to make things happen. That's great. Thanks, Megan. So, you know, trying to keep the milk flowing off the dairy uh, during a pandemic is a brand new experience for pretty much everyone. And so I'm sure dairy farming's got a little bit harder in the last couple of weeks. Maybe share a little bit about some of those new challenges. Sure. I think that the one that's primarily on all of our minds is working on ways to keep members of our team safe and uh, healthy. So when this first was uh, becoming an issue, we thought a lot about supply chain, where we'd be getting ingredients we needed to feed cows or where we would be necessarily finding people if someone got sick or was presumed to be sick, as well as so trying to run through those kind of scenarios. What would happen if a staff member was diagnosed and others needed to be quarantined, determining if any of our necessary supplies would be shorted and how to obtain those, uh, how to limit the movement of non-team members on and off the farm. And thinking we do have some immune compromised team members, so thinking about how to protect them especially. And I think also part of the early challenge was helping the team better understand the seriousness of the situation. I think when you're working in an industry, uh, people are already aware of zoonotic diseases because it's something they deal with every day. It's a helpful thing because people understand what you do to control them, washing your hands, not eating food while you're taking care of animals. But at the same time, perhaps it does mean that there isn't the same level of respect for the potential of a disease like COVID-19 because uh, there's a feeling of, oh, I've dealt with something like this before. Right. I mean, we're, we, you know, we operate typically thinking, how do we protect our animals? And, you know, we, we have to think through this now that we're trying to protect ourselves and, and the people around us. So we have a baseline understanding, but it's applying these specific precautions uh, in light of what we're learning every day about what the virus is capable of doing. Yes. So I'm really glad to hear that uh, everyone's well and, and things are operating. Um, one of the challenges we're hearing is just, you know, what to do if um, we've got uh, several key employees unable to come in for either their own health or quarantine or whatever, things that prevent them from coming in. And dairies operate pretty lean on a, you know, from a labor standpoint as is. So how do you get by when that's even more short 
Well, we do at this point, Rob, we have one person that is out uh, for the regular flu. She's been out for three weeks, so she was hit really hard. Mm. We have uh, an individual who self-quarantined himself because his parents, he felt, were exposed. Um, so he's out for two weeks, and we have another individual whose husband was tested on Monday and are waiting for results, so she's out for a week. So we, everyone, as far as we know, is uh, is okay, but we're, we are experiencing some of what you're talking about already is some of those key people not being able to be here for, uh, for operations. What we do about that, uh, we already try to build some depth into the people we have in terms of being able to cover other jobs. We have... We have dipped into our local teenager pool because, as you know, schools are not operating right now. So we have hired three uh, high school seniors who are extremely talented and stepping right in and eager to work. And uh, that was being done in advance of knowing some of the things we just talked about, just trying to anticipate what we might need labor-wise. And and we'll see. (laughs) We're on the one edge of this and there's more to come. Yeah, for sure. I'm hearing some pretty innovative ways where folks have found ways to do things and still do the social distancing measures like things that we normally would do you know with groups of people in close contact some things still have to happen that way but you know some things we're finding we you can you can incorporate some of this social distancing and still get the job done safely Mm -hmm. so it's been kind of neat to see the um, all these innovative adaptations that that are happening around the industry. And I, I know pretty much every um, supplier, vendor, um, consultant that works with um, dairy farms have ad- adopted their own sets of safety precautions or stepped up safety precautions. And so any anything um, that you know you can advise to folks who first first and foremost, do they need to visit the dairy? And for those folks that do extra precautions that, that you're insisting upon. Sure. And I think the great thing about people in agriculture, Rob, is that given a challenge or a problem, they're going to rise to that occasion. It's not unusual for us to deal with novel situations or things we didn't expect. And so you have a team that's already honed for thinking about problem solving. So we're, we're pretty fortunate that way on our farm and in agriculture in general. Problem solvers are good people to have on your side when, when the unexpected comes up. Absolutely. Um, as far as things we've done, particularly at the farm, we have our safety officers very, very tuned into this and trying to make sure people are well aware of what's happening, doing more cleaning, like everyone is doing that way. We have limited people coming onto the farm, just like you said. In fact, even job seekers, because as you can imagine, with the number of people that are laid off right now, the number of people coming to our farm looking for employment has increased significantly so we are limiting actually them coming on the farm we put our applications out in front of the farm so people can take them from there and return them from there and we've talked to a lot of our suppliers about being safe that way too Uh, as far as our our team itself we typically have an annual farm meeting that we would gather everyone in a space and bring in outside speakers which we postponed this year our management meetings or our team meetings we have not been holding We'll have to see how long that lasts before we modify exactly how we do those things. We're still having conversations, but just not in that group setting. We have put up a lot more safety posters and tip sheets. We do a month, a weekly safety minute with our, each of our teams already. So the focus the last couple of weeks have been on COVID-19 and how to protect ourselves. And we did have our annual safety meeting in February where we talked about the topic, what we knew at that point. <laughs> so yeah. 
a lot of our focus has been on how to keep the team safe and being able to keep doing their jobs because more than anything, I think the sense of duty and the sense of worth we all get from making food for people to eat is really important. And so being able to do that job is really important. Yeah, that's, that's great. Oh, there's some really awesome advice in there, Megan. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your workday to visit with us for our podcast. And I guess I'll let you get back to the job at hand. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. Appreciate Thank it. You. All right. So for this podcast, we're going to be talking to Corin Holtz, who's a nutritionist here in, in New York. Corin, if you would just kind of uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your business to get started, that'd be great. I am founding member of a founding partner of a Holtz Nelson Dairy Consultants. There are currently eight of us in the group, uh, six of us here in New York, uh, one in Eastern Ohio and one up in New England. Feed cows and do con- uh, management consulting work from, again, Eastern Ohio all the way up through Maine and uh, all the states in between. We appreciate your taking the time to talk with us today, Corwin. First off, we're kind of curious about how things have worked for you in your everyday operations. Have you had to interact with farmers differently? Have farmers asked you to interact with them differently? I'd and- say the majority of them at this point in time has uh, come and walk the cows, get forage samples, do what you do out in the barn. But other than maybe interacting with a key manager or an owner from social distance length, uh, we'd like you to stay away from our employee crew. That's probably been the, the primary message that we've gotten. Uh, uh, we're really concerned that, you know, key labor, milking crews, et cetera, that uh, they'd be in a real bind if things were to happen there. We have had a few that have said, nope, we don't want to see you, and that's fine. That's their wishes. Let's see how this kind of plays out. So no question, a lot more uh, emails, texts, phone calls, many of those clients Mm -hmm. uh, than what we maybe would do in the past. So I'd say a lot of our clients, we would typically visit every two to three weeks. Those visits are being spread out a little bit wider now in some cases. Um, But again, just trying to limit our activity on the barn to cows, feed bunks, and uh, really staying away from employees uh, as much as possible and and completely in most cases. I'd say the one thing that's been very different, uh, we usually get together as uh, as a group every three to four months just to meet and kick things around and uh, we did that all through a a Zoom meeting yesterday. A lot more time in the office over the last two weeks than I've ever been accustomed to. No question that different suppliers are coming to us. Uh, We're actually gonna be starting a series of webinars with some different speakers that have come our way on different topics uh, for the next three Wednesdays and uh, get that out get those out to our clients and hopefully we'll we'll get clients tuning into those to to uh, have these speakers address uh, some different management topics so just trying to stay in front of clients the best way we can using different means than what we're typically accustomed to yeah we're issues around ingredient availabilities if you had to make some changes ration wise because 
some things we're just not readily able to get right now. Uh, We had a scare a couple of weeks ago, and who knows what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or in a month. Uh, We're hearing word that canola coming across the Canadian border might be a potential issue. Um, The feedback we've gotten recently is that is all good. We haven't had any disruptions there. The two ingredients that we're hearing about right now, distillers grains are getting very tight and very expensive. Ethanol plants are shutting down or slowing down all over the country. And that one uh, is becoming a problem ingredient. And then the other one we're beginning to hear about are dry fat products that are based on palm oil that plants in Malaysia are either cutting down or cutting back or closing down. A couple of suppliers I've talked to in the last few days, they're indicating they have enough uh, on hand as far as ingredients to continue manufacturing for the next few months but uh, we don't know where that might go depending on how long this all lasts. So distillers and the dried fats right now are the ones that uh, have been, yeah, have been presented to us as a potential issue. And I'm also kind of curious as, you know, corn planting season is uh, coming up here and I know that, you know, a lot of farms have to really staff up in order to, get that job done. I just wonder if this is going to make that job that much harder. Boy, I haven't heard anything to that effect, Rob. Uh, At this point in time, uh, I know that seed corn orders are starting to show up on farms. I've had a couple of clients make that comment that they are beginning to get deliveries, but I haven't heard anything as far as concerns at this point in time about uh, field crew uh, issues as you guys well know, uh, you're doing these podcasts and all this is, these are different questions than what you would have asked two weeks ago. I know they're different answers than what I would have given two weeks ago. Right. Just changing day to day, week to week. Absolutely. So we're going to finish up here now with this episode of our Cornell Pro Dairy podcast. Hope you will join us for future episodes where we will be talking to other folks in the industry about how they're handling the current situation with COVID-19. So thanks very much for joining us.